I'm just excited, man. I love it. I love the season we're in. I love this message. I love this series. I love you. I, I, I don't know. I'm just pumped today. Anybody else with me around here? Man, I love it. That's all right. That's okay. We'll get there. No, uh, I'm so excited. Hey, if you're taking notes today, I hope that you do. We, we encourage it each and every week. You can title the message this, Be an Encourager. Be an Encourager. We really want to focus in today. I want to talk about, as we talked about, staying positive in this, in this season and in this negativity and, and things that could be seen as negative. God's actually can work out for our good and all these things taking place. I want to talk today about how we can be an encourager because we talk... Every week, we end every service with this phrase. Let's go what? Let's go change the world. That's right. We, we say it every week. But I believe one of the greatest ways we can change the world is to be an encourager. It is to be encouragement for somebody. And this, this message is actually pretty personal for me. It's a, it's a personal thing that, that really has brought me to a place. I'm going to share that story in just a minute. But I want to encourage you, if you're online or if you're in person, it doesn't matter. I would love for you to join us in our Bible reading plans that we're doing each week of this series. You can, uh, you can scan, just pull up your camera app. The QR code's coming up on the screen. All you got to do is pull up your camera app, zoom in on that white box right there, and it's going to pull up a link. All you got to do is click that link and click subscribe, and it's going to put you right on our Bible reading plans for this week's message. Or you can go to our website, and you can find it there anytime during the week and do it before Sunday. We'd love, love, love for about four or five days for you to join all of us in reading the Scripture and diving in and digging in together as we do this thing. How many of you ready to get in the Word? All right, here we go. So I, I mentioned that this, this message, this topic is a little personal for me, right? And here's why. So many of you know, some of you don't, some of you are guests, some of you may understand this, and, and this may be a retread, it may not be. But the truth is this. Our church is about eight and a half years old, and about six years ago, I was really close to closing the doors. I was about to walk away. I was about to go do something else in ministry. I didn't, I didn't want to be a pastor anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to plan a church. I didn't want to lead this church because I'm going to be real honest with you. I know people think that you just start a church and people show up. There's a lot, a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of work that goes into planning a church and pastoring in general and leading in general, but especially starting one with four people and trying to grow it, right? So about two and a half years in, has anybody besides me ever been to a place where you feel like this just ain't going like I thought it was going to go? You know what I'm saying? Like you started something and you're like, I just, this ain't for me anymore. And I was at that place in my life where I was like, I don't know if this is for me anymore. I don't know this, this, this is what I'm supposed to, I don't know if I can take this where it needs to go in the next season. And then I was at that place, maybe some of the people online, maybe Karen or Jessica or Rebecca or somebody that's in our chat right now, maybe they've been there and you've been there. But I was at a place to where I just wanted to close it all up, call it a loss and move on with my life. I went to a conference because I'd already scheduled to go, planned to go, and I was trying to, you know, I, I wanted to go. And so I went and I connected with a guy that's now a great friend and mentor and voice in my life. He, he is on our board of overseers. He, he was with us in the process of, of helping get this facility and all these things and, and, and helping drive. And I connected with him there and, and I just asked him, I, we knew each other ahead of time, but we really connected. I said, hey, can we go to, can I, can we just go to dinner? And, and what he didn't know was I was just coming off of a season where I, I was working four jobs just to pay the bills at my, at my, at my house. 
I was, we had just emptied any savings we had to pay rent and, and all for our, facil- for our church. We, he didn't know that we were coming off a season where I didn't know where food or diapers were going to come from for my baby. He, he didn't know that I still had no idea how to be a dad to my then one-and-a-half-year-old. And let's be honest, I still don't know, you know. Um, it's like handing me a rocket and telling me to take care of it. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I just try to figure it out as I go. All these things are going on, and I just begin to ask him questions over dinner. I just begin to ask him question after question after question and learn and, and, and all these things. And I don't know... You ever been so internally frustrated that it comes out externally and how you talk and the questions you ask and how you treat us? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if it was that. I, I would like to think it was probably the Spirit a little bit. The Holy Spirit was kind of speaking to him. But he just began, after a conversation, he just began to speak life into me. He began to encourage me. He began to tell me what he saw in me, what he thought that God was going to allow me to accomplish in this world. And, and he just was like, man, I just see you as this. And, and I just want you to know you're going to reach thousands one day. You're an amazing pastor. And, and there's going to be multiple campuses and thousands of people that are going to come to hear you. And you're going to, you're going to raise up leaders and you're going to change, uh, 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 generations and all this stuff. He just began, like all these things, he just began to speak to me after, after, after dinner that day. And then I just left there. And when I came back from the conference, I looked at my wife. And I, and I told her, I said, babe, I said, I'm ready to give it another go. Let's try this. Let's rebrand. Let's relaunch. Let's go to a new facility. Let's try something different and let's see what God does. And with 70 to 80 people at that time, we released a facility, took a step of faith. Uh, figured things out. We launched with two services, even though we could barely fill up one. And we watched in a matter of a couple months, God fill up both services. And we had to go to three very quickly within that time. And within a couple of years of being there, we went from 80 people to over uh, 250 people. And, and then we launched another campus right here in Elgin. And we saw so many people and things change and lives change. All this was taking place. But watch this. Hear me. I don't think I would have seen any of that if somebody hadn't cared enough to encourage me. If somebody hadn't cared enough to sit down and just speak what they were thinking, speak what they could see, speak what I couldn't see but they could see, what I didn't believe but they did believe, what God was telling them, what they felt God was speaking to them. And I think there's just something powerful that happens when we learn how to be an encourager. Because here's the truth. Every person that's in the room today, every person that's online today, Every person that's traveling for holidays this weekend and every person that's going to be here next week, everybody within the sound of my voice, everybody in the 803, watch this, every single one of us are dealing with something no one knows anything about. Some of us walked in today and we're dealing with an addiction that nobody knows about. Some of us walked in today and we're dealing with a a marriage that's going down the drain faster than anybody realizes. Some of us are, 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 are walking in today and we're dealing with an insecurity that nobody, no, we never know what anybody's dealing with. The person that we think is just constantly negative may be dealing with depression and we have no idea. The person that is always critiquing your marriage, their marriage may be falling apart. Every single person is dealing with something we know nothing about. And that's why That's why I believe that we don't really know the power that one encouraging word can have. I I I didn't realize at dinner that day that honestly that 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 
hour and a half, two hours maybe, of encouragement and sitting at dinner that day. I put myself at the table. I can see myself at that table right now. I never realized that it would honestly change the course of the rest of my life. Because here's the truth, and I want you to feel this. I want you to feel the heaviness and the truth of this. I would not be standing on this platform today if it wasn't for that two hours. Because I was ready to give up. I know people look at me and they're like, you got the microphone, You're, you'll go through anything, man. You've been through this and you've been through that. You'll put... But I was ready to quit. But it took someone encouraging and injecting faith into my spirit, into my life, that believed something that maybe I didn't even believe in myself in order for me to get to that place. Here's, here's the thing. I want to talk to you about neuro, neuro, neurology real quick, right? Science. That's easy for me to say. Neuro, neurologists say this. They say that positive words are hard to remember and negative words are hard to forget. And it's actually a wiring in our brain that makes it that way. Neurology, neurologically, they say that in your brain, that your brain literally believes negative words almost immediately. Almost immediately. So almost, almost immediately when a negative word is spoken to you, your brain is wired that it just grabs it and holds it and keeps it right there. But our brains are wired that it takes almost 15 seconds for a positive word to be held on to. Think about this. It's not just you being a negative Nancy that makes it hard. It's the fact that it is neurologically the way that we are wired. Why we're wired that way, I don't know the answer. But if we can figure out how something works, we can figure out how to work something. Are you following me today? And so the truth is, is that if I know that my brain automatically grabs onto the negative way easier, way faster, way harder than it does anything positive, what I feed grows. So now I have to learn to starve negativity and feed positivity. That's why some of us live in constant negative peril and fear and frustration right now because all we're being fed from media and social media and all this stuff is negativity and fear and frustration. Well, we hold on to that easier. We hold on to that better. And so if I'm feeding myself that, then that part of my life is going to grow. Are you following me today? And so we have to learn to feed ourselves positivity. We have to learn to not only feed ourselves that, but feed others that. We have to learn how to be an encourager. I truly, truly believe one of the greatest ways that we can change the world is to encourage others. Jesus said it like this. He said, the greatest commandment, the number one thing that you could ever do in your life, and not only did, and, and, and some of us think that what I'm about to say, Jesus made up on the spot, it's actually from Deuteronomy. It's all the way back from the original commandments where there was over 300, it, it was based on two. God based it on two things to begin with, love God and love others. Jesus was, was building on something that God established way back generations ahead of time. Love God, love others. Watch this. You can love God by loving others. We love God by loving others. There's many ways that we love others. For me, one of my, one of my um, love languages is gifts. I love to get gifts. I know y'all are like, dang, he's shallow. Maybe, that's fine. Just give me a gift and we'll be good. Um, one of my love languages is gifts. I love to get them and I love to give them. Like, I really love to buy people things and give it to them, and I love it when people buy things and give it to me. <laughs> How wired, y'all, right? And the truth of the matter is, is like, there's so many ways to love people. We can do those kind of things. How about this? Praying for somebody. 
Looking at somebody when you're serving on a team together and going, I got you, man. I got you. I'll help you do that real quick. How about this? Just shooting a text. Hey, thought about you today. Love you. Got you. There's so many ways. Those little cards that are on your seats that we talked about that are, that are invites for Christmas. Guys, we're not just inviting people to church. You're inviting someone to change the course of their eternity. Think about that. You're not just going, hey, just come and sit in church with me. You're going, I love you enough to change the course of your eternity. I want to get you there. We can love God by loving others. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's other things. In the book of Job, Job is going through one of the toughest times of his life, of anybody's life, to be honest. He lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost his uh, uh, belongings. He lost everything he had. He's sitting, I like to think about it like this. He's sitting around a campfire. You know, he's hanging out with his buddies. He's talking. They're just being real. He's probably crying, probably holding back emotions, all these things. And as he's talking with his buddies, he's telling them everything that's going on. And his boys, his brothers, his, his buddies are looking at him. And y'all, this is their response. We, well, Job, you probably deserved it. You probably deserved it, man. Like, you shouldn't have sinned. You shouldn't have done, if you wouldn't have sinned, if you wouldn't have done wrong, God probably wouldn't be all over your back right now. All this stuff wouldn't have happened. It's your fault, Job. Like, over and over and over. And, and hear me, I want, I want to build on something real quick. The truth is, we need people in our life that are going to call us up. They're going to look at us and go, hey, man, you're going down a path. You're not going to like the destination. I'm just telling you, like, you need to quit doing this. You need to quit doing that. I'm just, I'll help you through it, but I'm just calling you up right now. And then there's times where we need people that look at us and go, man, I know it stinks right now, and I could probably help you, but I just want to put my arm around you and tell you I love you. Job's, Job's going through the hardest time of his life. And this is what their response is. It's your fault. You shouldn't have sinned. You shouldn't have done that. You should have done this. You deserve it. Blah, blah, blah. And I love the New Living Translation, the way Job responds. I love the way that they translate it, the wording that they use, all that stuff. Let's read it in Job chapter 16, verses 2 through 5. Watch this. It says this. This is Job's response to his boys after they're giving him that. They, he looks at him. He says, I've heard all of this before. You've told me this, so has everybody else. I've heard all of this before. Man, what miserable comforters you are. You got any friends you want to say that to? Just send them that scripture, Job 16, 2. And then they, he says this, I love this. This is one of my favorite verses ever. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? Like, what makes you keep talking? Just shut up. Right? Kids in the room, don't say that word. Job 16 and 4. And then he says, I could say the same things to you if you were in my place. I could say the exact same thing to you. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, watch what he says. I would what? I would encourage you. And I would try to take away your grief. In other words, you guys are judging me and beating me down and telling me how terrible of a person I am. I've lost everything in my life and my friends are tearing me to pieces. If it were me and the shoe was on the other foot, I would encourage you. I'd speak life into you. I'd speak faith into you. And I would try, try in the best way possible to take away any grief that you may be feeling in the moment. In other words, I would be the most life giving person you've ever heard of in your life. I'd be the most faith-filled. I would be the person in your life that when you walk away, you feel like you could run through a brick wall, even if the brick wall has been taken from you. 
I would be the person that speaks to your life in such a way that it encourages you, but you guys are beating me down. And why is that such a thing? Well, look over into Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. It actually tells us what the difference is. And it says this, death, you got to hear this, guys. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. In other words, in Proverbs, what we're learning is what we say adds life to someone or takes life from someone. Job's looking at him and going, guys, everything you're saying to me right now, everything you're telling me right now is taking life from me. I've lost enough. I've lost everything I've worked my tail off for. I've cried myself to sleep. I live with guilt. I worry about things. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I'm this. I'm that. But you keep taking life from me. I need you to put life in me. And what he's looking at him and saying is this. If it were up to me and the roles were reversed, I would give life, not take it. I would want you to walk away knowing how great you are, not how bad you've messed up, not how big of a screw up you are, all these things. Because hear me, you got to know this, your power or, or your tongue has power. You hear me, church? Your tongue has power. You know those things that you're saying about that person that nobody else hears? You're still adding life or taking away. You know those things that, that you're saying to your spouse when you get angry and I'm, I'm just as guilty as anybody else? Guess what? You're adding life or you're taking away. Every time. You know those things that you say about other people? You're adding life or you're taking away. Every time. Our words, our mouth. You know, watch this, watch this. We're going to get into this more in a minute. You know the things you say about yourself? You're adding life or you're taking away. There's the power of life, and there's the power of death. There's the power to build up. There's the power to tear down in our tongues. The book of James even talks about it even more. He says that the tongue is like the rudder on a ship, and it determines where your life goes. Think about it. Like, we have to learn to be an encourager. We have to learn that our words have power. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13 says this. I love this. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I love the book of Hebrews. I love the Apostle Paul. Y'all know that. We did a series on him. I love the Apostle Paul. I love what he teaches. And when he writes this letter right here, he's looking at him and he's saying this, as long as it's still today. So in other words, as long as it's today, as long as you are alive today, encourage one another. Encourage each other. Look at somebody and tell them how great they are. Tell them what you see in them. Treat them at that level. One of our core values here at Radiate Church is one that people can't seem to grasp a lot. of. I get more questions about this one core value than I do any other core value that we have. And it's this one. We honor up, down, and all around. And people are like, what does that even mean? Here's the, here's the easy explanation of it. We treat people at the level at which we believe they're called. We treat people at the level at which we believe they're called. We, treat, we honor up, so we honor authority. We honor down. We honor those that we lead. And we honor around. We honor those that we serve with. 
We treat them at a high level because we believe God's called them to a high level. And what we perceive is what we receive. And so I can't, if I'm not honoring up to the authority over me, my board of overseers, my board of elders, my pastors, my leaders in my life, the voices in my life, if I look at them and go, I don't perceive you as a voice in my life, I don't receive their voice in my life. Are you with me today? Encourage one another. Sometimes I just shoot a text. In fact, um, just a few minutes ago, right before the first service, Right before the first service, I got a text. We got, I got a band of brothers, about five of us in a text. They sent me a text. They said, hey, I'm praying for all of you guys today. One God. And I wrote them back and I said, I'm praying for you on this side too. And I just want you to know I love you guys. Why? Because we need to learn this. If you think something good, say it. Say it. Be an encourager. Change somebody's life with your words. Honor them at the level in which they're called. Not the level they live at, the level they're called to. Sit. That guy did not need to take an hour or two hours with me at dinner that night and pour life into me. But he did. Why? Because he saw something in me in that moment and he wanted to encourage what he saw. Are you with me today? And so we've got to learn, like... If you think something good, just say it. We don't know the battle that somebody's facing. We don't know what's going on in their life because we all face temptations daily. Sometimes the temptation is to look at a website that we shouldn't look at. Sometimes the temptation is to drink way too much. Sometimes the temptation is to do this. Sometimes the temptation is to, sometimes the temptation is to close the doors on the call of God in your life. That was my temptation that day. That's why Paul tells us, encourage one another day after day after day. And then when you wake up tomorrow and it's today, encourage that day. And then tomorrow, encourage that day. And then the next day. And then the next day. Are you following me? Why? Because we face temptations daily. And so we need encouragement daily. Sometimes we just need, I don't know about you, but when I know somebody's got my back, it's easier for me to stand a little taller. It's easier for me to stand a little taller in decisions. It's easier for me to lead at a higher level when I know my staff have looked at me and said, Pastor, I got your back. When my coaches and my leaders have looked at me and said, I got your back. When my, the people that sit in the seats look at me and say, I got your back. When the teams say, I got your back. When life groups say, I, got, I can stand taller every single time somebody stands behind me and goes, I got you. We're going to do this. We're going to reach thousands. We're going to plan other campuses. We're going to do these things. This stuff's going to happen. We're going to do outreaches. People are going to come from all over to see. Like we're going to train leaders. We're going to release leaders. We're going to do all these things. And it makes me stand a little taller because I know I'll face temptations today. But doggone it, there's some people that's got my back. I can't fall back because I got too many hands on my back. Are you with me today? Come on, somebody. We've got to encourage one another in these moments when it's difficult and it's frustrating and it's hard and it's dark and it feels like all hell is breaking loose. Can I just tell you, if you think something good, say it to someone. Tell them, I love you. Tell them, I believe in you. Tell them, I got your back. Tell them, I'm with you. Tell them, that shirt looks good. I don't care what it is. But there's some people that go days, weeks, even months without a single ounce of encouragement in their life. It's our job to be the light of the world. It's our job to be the salt of the world. It's our job to make a difference because here's the other part. 
Like we need to encourage others, right? But here's the truth. Sometimes the person that needs the most encouragement is you. You ever been to that place where you're just like, I don't even know if I can give it because I, I don't even have it. Like, I need encouragement right now. I need somebody to tell me. Like, somebody walked up to me after the second service. They were like, you have no idea. I came in here doubting these things, and that message changed the course of it all for me. And they looked at me and said, I'm sure you already know how powerful the message was. And I looked at them, and I literally said, yeah, I feel like it was good, but I, sometimes I need you to tell me. Because I need encouragement. You need encouragement. But here's, watch this. I can't be dependent on somebody else's encouragement. I've got to learn to feed myself with truth. I got to learn to lean into the truth. I got to learn to to get in and know what God says about me because here's what people see. They see you smiling. People see you smiling, but they have no idea that you're really hurting. People see you confident and walking around and knowing that you, you know, you're confident in your decisions, but what they don't know is you're incredibly insecure about what you just did. People see you, and it looks like you got it all together, and everything's right, but they don't know that when you lay your head down at night, it feels like you got to super glue your life together every day. They don't see that part. Because sometimes we need the encouragement. We have to learn to encourage ourselves in the truth of God. And hear me, I said in truth. I didn't say in circumstance, but in truth. Watch this. Truth Hear me, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth does not change. That's why we can encourage ourselves in truth. Truth is not circumstantial. Truth is not relative to your situation. Truth remains no matter what. You can't look and go, I don't like that truth. My situation is this, so I'm an exception, and the truth changes to me. No, you change to the truth. Come on, somebody. Help me today. I can't look and say relativism is my truth. No, relativism changes based on what you want it to mean and what you live. Truth is the truth. The truth is I know who I am in Christ. The truth is he died for my life. The truth is he loved me enough to give me 66 books and a Bible to tell me how much he loves me. He loved me enough to to give me instructions and to give me ways to make my marriage the best, to make my job the best, to make my character grow, to help me have the best relationships possible. The truth is that the truth doesn't move. The truth only remains. We have to learn to encourage ourselves. I love the story of David. As I'm closing this up, I love the story of David. He's on his way back from battling with his army in the, in Ziklag. He's on his way back. He's exhausted. He's tired. He just led an entire army in, in, in struggle. He just led them in a fight. He read, led them in everything. He's on his way back. They get back to their place. They get back to their hometown, if you will, to their county, whatever you want to use to make it make sense in your life. And here's the truth. He, they come back and his everything, everything, houses, businesses, everything they had is burned to the ground. There's nothing left. They get back from, from defeating the army and they get back from Ziklag and they just want to prop their, their feet up and watch some Carolina Panthers today. But when they get back, everything's gone. It's burnt down. And then they, and then they go to find their, their wife and their kids and they're taken captive. Their family is gone. Nowhere to be found. Another army came in and took everything. So they're broken and they're distraught and they're frustrated and they're hurt and they're angry and they're all these things. And then all of a sudden the army, David's own men, his friends, his army, his warriors turn to him. They go, this is your fault. This is on you, David. 
this is on you, man. And, I'll, and they start saying this, we're going to stone you. We're going to kill you because they took our families. We're going to take your life. Holy cow, this turned quick. David is in a dark, dark place, man. Can you imagine feeling everybody turning against you? You've got nowhere to go. You've got nothing to do. Everything's gone. Everything's burned down. His city's burned. His family's held captive. And now his friends are now his enemies. And then in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, in verse 6, it starts, he starts talking about, I want to I go to it. I want to read the whole thing. 30 and verse 6 says this, Moreover, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered, each one because of his sons and his daughters. I can understand where they're at. And then it says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord as God. I love how the King James Version puts it. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't turn to his army and go, Hey, will you guys just kind of boost my ego, please? David was at a place where he had one person and one person only. And that was himself. And if he was going to get encouraged and he was going to be strengthened and he was going to get through this, he had to learn how to recite some truth in his life. He had to learn. You ever, anybody in here ever read the book of Psalms? Any, anything out of Psalms? Anything. Even a chapter, right? Yeah. Reading the book of Psalms is like reading David's actual personal journal. And people are like, man, read the book of Psalms. It's really encouraging. Listen, there's some chapters in there that are like a depressive state, man. They're just not good. But then it always turns back around to where he begins to encourage himself in the Lord. He begins to talk about how the sun will rise, how there's mercies are new every morning. He starts talking about all these things about how good God is and how great he is and the, and the masterpiece of the world and the sunlight proves his existence and all these things. Here's what he's doing. He's, he's encouraging himself in the Lord in dark moments, in dark times, because some of the Psalms that he wrote were actually written while he was hiding in a cave with men fearing for his life. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Here's what we got to learn to do. We got to learn to stand up and look in the mirror and go, I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I can do anything through him. I, I need to sometimes look and go, the same God that raised Christ, or the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of me. Sometimes I need to say, the things that I think he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that I could think or imagine, and sometimes I need to go in Ephesians. It, God tells me that I was thought of before the foundations of the world. Sometimes I just need to learn to encourage myself so that I can be okay. I can get through another day. I can get through this thing. I need to know. But here's the thing. I, if I don't know his truth, if I don't know what he's saying, then the truth is I don't know what to say. I don't know how to encourage myself. I need to learn to encourage myself. I need to learn to lean on others and let God use them to encourage me as well. What does the Bible say? Pastor Chris, come on up. What do I need to do to encourage me? What does God need to do in me to encourage me? Because the truth is, is, there's going to be dark days. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be difficult days. There's going to be frustrating days. There's going to be sad days. There's going to be great days. But what does the truth tell me about me? What does God say about me? You know, one of the things that I love is sometimes God does use others to encourage me. That's why we push teams here at Radiate. It's not just to get things done. It's because we are a team. We are in this together. We are members loving each other, hugging each other, 
walking through life together. I know my teams, I can call my teams and go, hey, I just need like 10 minutes. That's why we love teams around here. But I also need to be able to go, there's nobody but me today. And here's what I know God said about me. That's why we want you to do the Bible reading plans. That's why it's more important to know God's heart than it is what to send his hand. I don't chase his blessing, I chase his love. He's a father, not a genie. He's my savior, not a gumball machine. I chase his heart, not just his hand. Because I need encouragement sometimes. You need encouragement sometimes. And one of the greatest things, here's what I know. Some of you logged on today, and some of you walked in the door today, and you needed encouragement. In fact, you were coming to me looking for encouragement. And I just need to tell you, God's already given you everything inside of you that you can be. Some of you, I need you to hear me and just pretend that we're sitting at a table and I'm looking in you in the eye and saying this. I just feel like I need to tell you, you can do this. You got this. You are the only thing holding yourself back. You can do everything God told you you can do. Your promise is not over. Your purpose is not over. Your marriage is not over. Your relationships are not done. You're, you're, you have the abilities. You have the know-how. You have the anointing. Get up. Stand up. Take a step. Make it happen because today you are being encouraged in the strength of the Lord and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives within you in that addiction that's killing you Jesus says it can be gone it's yours today freedom is here some of you need to know you got this stop waiting on somebody else to affirm what you already know you got this we're going to walk in to a brand new facility in two weeks. And guess what? We're going to fill it over and over and over and over and over and over. We're going to launch campuses. We're going to watch marriages restored. We're going to see people with physical sicknesses healed. We're going to watch people come and learn how to do church from Radiate Church. We're going to watch people come in there, and their life's going to be a mess. And we're going to equip and empower them to live the life God intends. We're going to see some Why? Because I know what God's called us to do. It's time to stand up. It's time to do something. It's time to be encouraged in the Lord. Let your faith have something on the inside. Some of you need to tell yourself right now, I am anointed. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Come on, somebody. Come on, just right where you are. I didn't do this in the first service. I don't care if you're at home. I don't care if you're in the room. Everybody stand to your feet right now. Just begin for 30 seconds and just speak life to yourself. Just speak faith into yourself. My marriage is not going to go down the drain. Come on, somebody. My finances will be blessed. My heart will be encouraged. My purpose is still here. Come on, we will change the 803. I will help my church grow. I will help my coworkers grow. I will hold people. Come on. Speak life right now. 30 seconds. Take it. Go. This is on you. Don't wait on somebody else to do it. Come on. Speak it over yourself. Let's go. Come on. God, you are worthy. Yes. Some of you just need to repeat, I'm anointed. I'm called, anointed, and appointed. <laughs> What's delayed is not denied. Some of you at home, you're having a breakthrough in your living room right now. Some of you are listening to this on the podcast later in the week. You're having a breakthrough in your car right now. 
in the room, there's breakthrough happening. God, I thank you that your spirit supersedes any place that we are. I thank you that you're moving in this room. I'm tired of walking through, waiting on everybody else to tell us that we're doing a good job. No, forget that. All I need is the applause of my Father. Let us encourage ourselves, but let us encourage everybody else. Let us walk this out. I believe there's a huge future in our, in, in our way, in our path, where we're going. Let's do what it takes to get there. And God, I pray that we will wake up and encourage ourselves. There's people that are going to walk out of here today. And God, I just believe we're going to walk out more encouraged to do things and to be who you called us to be today more than ever before. God, here's the truth. You need who you created us to be. The world needs who you created me to be. The world needs who you created us to be. Let us be that. Let us walk out of here with belief, with faith, with trust, with encouragement. Let us be an encourager through the word of God. Father, we honor you and we worship you. If you believe God's done something great and there's a breakthrough in this room, would you make some noise in the room today? Come on. Come on. Come on, Pastor Travis. Keep it going, church. If you've been encouraged by today's message online, I see your emoji hands. We believe that God is at work.